0: Hey, before we start this week's show, we want to tell you to try out the
1: NPR One app for your phone. Every Thursday this month, you can hear episodes of Pop Culture Happy Hour a day early, exclusively in NPR One.
0: Find Pop Culture Happy Hour stories from your local station and more on the NPR One app. It's on your app store. Hey, Elliot, what can we help you with?
2: Uh, So, my wife Betsy is pregnant with our first child.
1: Congratulations. Uh,
2: Thank you. Uh, And she's been generally pretty miserable lately with uh, nausea and exhaustion. And so I've tried pretty much everything they say to try. Um, And so I've started thinking outside the box. And my first thought was perhaps I could get Sir Patrick Stewart to uh, record, like, maybe a relaxing or encouraging message for her.
0: Oh, sure. uh, That she
2: could listen to when she's not feeling well. Um, But I haven't really had any luck Getting a hold of him, or even finding ways of getting a hold of him, uh, and I, I reached out to you guys because you've had him on your show a couple times. Yes. Uh, so I assume you know how to get a hold of him.
0: How, how is how is Betsy right now? She's
2: doing all right right now. Yeah. Um, I think she's in maybe like the eleventh or twelfth week.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. She's got a long road ahead,
1: huh?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's due in October.
1: So, uh, you you. You're thinking outside the box, and um, Patrick Stewart, I, I think, is a, a good idea. We're definitely going to do, do our best there. But did other ideas um, – did you have other out-of-the-box out ideas?
2: Well, a couple times I've told her f- jokes that seem, seem to cheer her up.
1: Okay. Uh, what Can you give us an example?
2: Do uh, you want to hear one of my favorite jokes? Yes. Oh, of course. So, uh, so there are two cows in a field, mm-hmm. and one cow says to the other cow – I'm getting pretty worried about this mad cow disease, and the other cow looks at him and says, "I don't have to worry. I'm a helicopter." <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a really good joke.
2: That's a it's, that's good for most situations.
1: All right. Well, uh, we are gonna do our best to help you, and and I, I hope um, I hope she feels better in the meantime. Yeah. Thank you. All right, so we tried to get Patrick Stewart back on the show to uh, to help out Betsy. He's very busy right now; he can't do it. Fortunately, we um, you know we can just fake it. We're just gonna pull stuff from Star Trek. So uh, first things first, Patrick Stewart, do you do you understand what's going on with Betsy? She she is going to have a baby. A baby. Okay, I didn't realize Riker was also here. Uh, but yes, uh, Patrick Stewart, she is, she is going to have a baby.
0: So is there anything you want to say, Patrick Stewart? Uh, maybe some encouraging words? You can say it right to Betsy. She's listening.
3: Well, you have taken on quite a responsibility. You are seeking to make another functioning, sentient
1: life. I would say that that is more stern than encouraging, but uh, maybe the idea... Uh, Patrick Stewart, is you feel like it'll make all of uh, all of the difficulty right now easier to deal with if Betsy keeps in mind the uh, great uh, and wonderful undertaking of bringing a baby into the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The importance of parenting. I am not talking about parenting. I am talking about the
0: extraordinary consequences of creating a new life. Sorry, Captain. You seem more mad
1: than encouraging. I'm not sure you quite understand what we're looking for here. Is You know, uh, Captain, is Lieutenant Worf there? Maybe Worf would have some encouraging words for Betsy.
3: You are doing very well. I'm sure the child will arrive soon.
1: Worf, Betsy still has several months, uh, but that was a very nice thing to say. Tone was exactly right. Excuse me, sir. Am I intruding? Wait, Data, you're here too? I I feel like... Do do people all just live in a house together somewhere?
0: All right, Data. uh, Sounds like you have a question. Is there something you want to say to Betsy?
4: Although I understand... In technical terms, how life is formed, there's still a part of the process which eludes me. The child inside you, are you able to access his thought process? Does he have thoughts? You are aware of him. Is he aware of you? When does that
2: awareness begin?
1: Data, we're really, we're really just here to help Betsy. This isn't a time for you to, once again, try and figure out what it means to be human. I feel like we've kind of lost the whole point of this. Patrick Stewart, let's, let's just try and bring you back in here. Um, is there anything you could say to Betsy? Like, do you believe that she's going to make it and that it's all going to be better soon? You're damned right. I gotta say, this whole thing is like pulling teeth. Yeah,
0: there you go, Elliot. I, I hope that helps.
1: I apologize for the crew of the Enterprise. Do you think this goes against the Prime Directive? Uh, you know, maybe that was the resistance we got. Sorry, Starfleet. Now is the part of our show where we thank our sponsors for sponsoring us.
0: And this week, that's Airbnb. When you travel with Airbnb, you can live in
1: over two million homes around the world. You don't have to experience a city like a tourist. Don't go to Paris and wait in lines. Don't go to LA and take a bus tour. Paint the view from your host's garden. Wake up to the sunrise on a houseboat or have someone ask you for directions. Feel at home, explore your
0: host's neighborhood,
1: and truly experience a city. Live there, even if it's just for a night. Airbnb. We are also sponsored by Casper this week. They're an online retailer for mattresses. Casper mattresses are American-made and obsessively engineered for comfort. They use two technologies, latex foam and memory foam, to give you just the right amount of sink and bounce. And they have a risk-free trial. You can try out your Casper mattress for 100 days, with free delivery and return. I feel like we should point out, uh, it is a risk-free trial. That does not remove all the risk from your life. They're only talking about the trial. It does not free you from all the dangers of the world. So and while- You could still be kidnapped.
0: While you have the Casper mattress, you are still uh,
1: subject to any other risks. You are as vulnerable- In life. Outside of the bed, you are as vulnerable as you have ever been. You are as fragile you could get a cold
0: if you don't wash your hands yeah try to avoid bringing your hands up to your eyes or nose don't think
1: that the Casper risk-free trial uh, means you don't have to look both ways before crossing the street and there's also a special code for listeners
0: of this podcast use the promo code everything to redeem $50 towards a Casper mattress that works for you it's $50 off a risk-free mattress
1: terms and conditions apply Hey, Aaron, what can we help you with?
2: Well, uh, so I was thinking um, about some ex- some expressions that you use a lot, like, you're my favorite, hands down. Mm-hmm. Like, where does that come from? Hands down doesn't really seem to make any kind of sense. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, you crack me up. I don't understand, like, how being cracked up is funny. Yeah,
1: that's interesting, because, you know, you think about, like, being cracked up, just, you know, when you think of it literally, it's, it's ultimately a pretty tragic thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that just reminds me of like Humpty Dumpty.
1: Yeah. Is that what happened to him? Was it just did he
0: was there a funny joke? Yeah.
2: Well, he fell off a wall and then he was all cracked, like full of cracks.
0: So there was nothing funny about it as far as Humpty Dumpty was concerned. <laughs> no. Maybe
2: one and of the one hands of them his king- worst day.
0: Ah, very good. <laughs> all right, Aaron, we're gonna look into this for you.
2: Great. Thanks a lot, guys.
0: All right Aaron, I think we have somebody who can help you. It's uh the official lexicographer. Of how to do everything,
1: Jesse Scheidlauer. Jesse, let's start with hands down. Do you know the roots of that?
4: Uh, I do. Uh, hands down is is one of the convenient ones in that we really do know where this comes from. Uh, I've heard various stories over the years. Uh, one that it's from card games. You know that when you're, you know, when you have certain victory, you put your hands, you put your hand of cards down on the table. Uh, and I've heard that it's from parliamentary procedure that, you know, you raise your hand to indicate this and you lower your hand to indicate that. Uh, those are both wrong. I mean, they're, they're perfectly plausible, but they're wrong. Uh, in fact, uh, hands down comes from horse racing. And it's a reference to when, when you have a, a certain victory that you can lower your hands, the jockey can lower his hands and relax your hold on the reins. So you don't have to be pushing it the whole way to the line if you're, you know, if you're ahead by a mile. Huh. And we know this because the early evidence is all in horse racing contexts. So there are examples from the 1830s describing this itself. You know, the horse won with the hands down. Uh, And from the 1850s, again, in sporting newspapers or in newspaper coverage of, of horse races, you know, the horse going past the post hands down, or we felt pretty sure that this horse would come in hands down, Uh, And all of the early evidence is in this context.
0: So this is a phrase, then, hands down, that you can use pretty much in any context. But if you're at, say, the Kentucky Derby and a horse wins a race and you say he won hands down, you need to be pretty sure that that's exactly what happened.
4: Well, actually, nowadays, because this isn't usually used in a literal sense now, um, you, you would have to specify that. Uh, you know, if that's what you actually meant, you would actually have to say, you know, won the Kentucky Derby and the jockey dropped his hands at the line or something like that. <laughs>
0: so you'd be showing off, really?
4: Yes, in that case, yes.
1: Do, do lexicographers, uh, do you look for the point where sort of a phrase was first used without the user being aware of the reference?
4: Yes, that's something that's very important. I mean, there are different kinds of things you can look at. Sometimes when you have a new word... Uh, or new expression, there will be explicit discussion of that. So someone will, like, you'll see it printed in quotes, for example, or it will be preceded with, you know, as they say in so-and-so, or uh, all sorts of different tricks that people can use to distance themselves from the use of it. Um, What you you want is is genuinely free uses where a word is just being used and not being referred to as a word. Um, And that's certainly one thing that you would always look for, you know as a sign that that something is really you know is really accepted and, and really being in use.
0: Okay, Aaron also had a question about uh, the origin of the phrase to crack me up, like you really crack me up.
4: Um, this is well a phrase from from the 20th century and you know in origin it's fairly straightforward. I mean, it just means, you know, fairly obvious figurative use meaning, you know, to crack up as in, you know, to, to break, you know, crack as in break, you know, to break one's composure, to break one's uh, you know, facial expression, things like that. Uh, so the earliest example of crack-up intransitively, you know, we cracked up at that joke, uh, is from the 1940s in uh, in a World War II soldier's diary, um, airman's diary, actually. Really? Uh, but that kind of expression, expressions referring to damage to the body, let's say, very broadly, or, or being apart from one's body, you know, referring to different mental states. So, for example, uh, to be beside oneself... That's from the early 17th century. You know, to be out of one's mind, to be off one's head. Uh, you know, those those are all hundreds of years old.
0: So, what do we do? We know anything about the soldier that came up with this phrase?
4: Uh, we know a bit. Uh, I haven't read the it, 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 it was again it was an airman's diary from uh, from uh, chiefly from 1942 I think there were some other things in there. Um, a lot of this stuff it wasn't getting it wasn't getting written down in official sources at the time. so when you want to know what soldiers were actually saying, you can look at novels that are trying to represent soldiers' speech uh, or diaries that are you know that are going to be accurate about that and there are some good ones. this is one.
0: Well, Jesse, this has been great. Thank you so much for helping out Aaron.
4: Uh, no, my pleasure. Always glad to be on.
1: All right. So we looked into this airman's diary from 1942 to to see what the joke was.
0: It sounds like it was a story somebody
1: told, and that's what cracked them up. So we have found some some tape of jokes from this era from World War II. One of what you're about to hear, one of these, could have been what cracked someone up for the first time in history.
2: Thank Hey fellas, this is Bob. This is Bob, Command Performance Hope, telling each Nazi that's in Russia today that Crimea doesn't pay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now getting my material from H. V. Coltonborn. <laughs> well, I'm a little tired tonight. I just got back from Camp Roberts. Drove down 200 miles in a jeep. Tomorrow I get the order of the Purple callus. And I... <laughs> But I had a swell time, and I slept right in the barracks last night with the boys. You know what barracks are? That's 2,000 cots separated by individual crap games.
1: <laughs> I've said in, I didn't get all of those jokes. I got the first one. Would you, would you say it cracked you up?
0: It, it put me beside myself. Well, that does it for this week's show. What'd you learn, Ian?
1: Well, I was thinking mm-hmm. about, um, about Elliot and Betsy. And uh so, you know, they were looking for some help from from the captain. Yeah. But the captain was not on the bridge. Captain yeah, Picard right. was not on sure. the bridge. And we've seen every episode of Star Trek what happens when the Captain is not on the bridge. Riker. Number one comes in. We should we should try and get Riker on the phone. You can call Jonathan Frakes. Okay, uh Jonathan Frakes, uh you played Riker on uh, Star Trek, The Next Generation. Do you you have anything you want to say to Betsy?
3: When the baby finally does come, the most important thing my beautiful wife, Jeannie, and I learned was to sleep when the baby sleeps, no matter if you've showered, eaten. (laughs) You need to sleep when the baby sleeps. That's the only thing I can really give this parental advice for newborns. And you'll get through this. You'll get through this, and you'll be so happy at the other end.
0: Jonathan. Uh, okay, so that's that's you. How would uh, Commander uh, William T. Riker? How would he help out uh, a pregnant woman who is struggling?
3: That's a good question. Obviously, go down to Doctor Crusher. Okay. Or maybe take advantage of the uh, relationship with the wonderful Counselor Troy.
1: Ah. The, the
3: empathic, yeah. sensitive, thoughtful ship psychiatrist.
1: Yeah, address the heart and the body.
3: Address the heart. That's a that's actually a very sound advice.
1: So, um, I, I mean, uh, one thing that uh, we we have have seen you as as a record do several times is inspiration. Do you wanna do you wanna throw some inspirational words for uh, for Betsy in this tough time? Patience,
3: certainly. Mm-hmm. Tolerance. It's like the prime directive.
0: Yes. Do you? Do you worry at all that by interfering in Elliot and Betsy's pregnancy that you're violating the prime directive?
3: Just interfering? I thought we were trying to do them a favor. I Well, yes, of course. It does violate the prime directive, doesn't it?
0: I think it does.
3: In the letter of the law. But I think for Betsy and Elliot, we should make an exception. Don't you?
0: Well, I think that's what Riker would do. I think Riker is someone who follow, leads with his gut, right?
3: Yes. And in this day and age, even more and more, he leads with his gut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in that spacesuit anymore. anymore
0: <laughs> hey. well Jonathan Frakes thank you so
1: much
3: the pleasure is mine Betsy Elliot Godspeed go
1: well go boldly bye bye how to do everything is produced by Nadia Wilson with technical direction from Lorna White our intern this week
0: is Jason Edwards uh, Jason built all the rockets on this week's show
1: uh, yeah it's um uh, we i feel like payload wise we asked a lot of you we we asked you to send uh, a lot more into space than than usual and uh, you never flinched get us your questions at howto@npr.org at you can visit our website at howtodoeverything.org i mean and i'm like thanks Hey, this podcast is, uh, is long over at this point. But if you're still listening, or if you're still hungry to listen to more, why not check out Fresh Air? You can hear Jennifer Lawrence, Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, pretty much a- anyone who's famous and good. Uh, Terry will talk to them. It'll be the best
0: interview with that famous person that you'll ever hear. That's true. You can find it all on the Fresh Air podcast at npr.org podcasts and on the NPR One app.